If you lost Big Brother and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to another edition of Why Blank Lost for Big Brother. I'm David Bloomberg, and unlike the David in the Big Brother house, I'm no rookie, and I am as good at this game as I thought I would be. With me, as always, is Jessica Lewis. Plus, for the first time ever, we have two guests, Cliff Hogg from last season of Big Brother and his daughter, Kelly, who was a Rob Has a Podcast fan and patron before her father even played. Yay! Howdy, howdy, so howdy. Howdy. Hey, you guys. <laughs> I apologize ahead of time. We've never done this with four people. So this is, this could be a little no bit apologies. crazy. We're going no, I'm it. excited. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Well, we are excited to have you. This is, this is really a treat to have not only someone who's played, but also a family member. So we get all the inside skinny into Cliff. I mean, this is little, little backstories yes. that we're probably not going to know from reading up on Cliff. So I'm excited about <laughs> I, I spent all last summer embarrassing my daughter and the rest of the family, so maybe she gets the chance to do it today. Hey. This is so exciting. Yeah. Love this. <laughs> Kelly's like, Kelly's like, oh, I have the story. Oh, you don't want to She's coming with the tea. I love it. It's going to be so good. That's all good. All right. For any new listeners or viewers, welcome. Um, I, I know that uh, there are times when people see the name of our podcast, and say, well, I know the answer because it was so obvious. But what seems obvious isn't always exactly true. And there are also often other factors that come into play, including, you know, they can go back weeks prior. Hmm. Uh, plus, we talk about other things besides the person who was voted out. And we'll certainly do that today as well. Um, so, yes, Jessica, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You felt like we could jump in here. But yeah, yes, absolutely. There is so much to talk about, and there's a lot of jealousy to get through. So yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to get through this. Um, oh, now, yes. uh, for, for everybody, for anybody who's new or even if you're not new, allow me to explain our format once again. Uh, and I'm doing this in part because my son watched the first two episodes and said to me, oh, I didn't realize you did it that way every week. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So. So after we talk about uh, this week a bit, uh, we'll move on to the rules portion. I used to run Reality News Online, a website uh, for many years. I've been writing or talking about Big Brother, Survivor and other reality TV for over 20 years ago. Not quite before the wife, but it was a while ago. Uh, Each week we take a close look at the player who was voted out and analyze their gameplay using what we saw on TV, live feeds, interviews. And in some cases, such as this week, even articles I wrote way back in their original seasons. We compare everything about their game to a set of guiding rules I originally wrote in 2004 and have been modifying since, including the most recent version, which can be found at robhasawebsite.com slash bigbrotherrules. Get ready to read. (laughs) Those are shorter than the survival ones. I know, but it's still extensive, but it's great reading, but I'm just, I'm just advising. Comprehensive. That's a great word for it. Yes, Kelly. I appreciate (laughs) comprehensive. Very comprehensive. 
I know one or two people in the house right now that maybe should have read some of those rules, David. No, <laughs> maybe a bit. maybe yeah. one who shares my name. I feel like there's going to be so much shade today. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait until why David lost. Then there will be shade. Mm, uh, but I'm not on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kelly's signing off on that. Where, where <laughs> no. do we even begin? You know, oh. we'll, we'll figure it out then. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, before we get more into this, I do want to mention that Jessica and I finished up, just finished up our journey through Survivor time by looking mm-hmm. at the first ever Survivor winner whose game was the basis for most of the Survivor rules, which then led to the Big Brother rules. So if you haven't already listened or watched, I encourage everyone to check out Why Richard Won via podcast or YouTube. Uh, now, uh, one thing I wanted to start with here, uh, Cliff, you had tweeted earlier this season that production was letting people do things this season that they wouldn't let yeah. you do. And mm. we get reminded of that quite often because Kaser gets to wear not just one, but two NASA shirts that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a little jealous. Now, they are all stars and I was just a guy coming in. So <laughs> it wasn't as though I made a lot of demands when I when I went on to that show. But yeah, Kaser's got I'm not going to complain. I, I'm I'm a big proponent of NASA. So if he's getting to wear them, fantastic. But yeah, they're they're getting and they got a bidet. You know, come on. guys. Right? <laughs> now, My God. Jessica, you're on here where you're probably looking at all the amenities that we had in the house. And you're saying, yeah, like you're complaining. Cliff. Yeah, Listen, I, <laughs> I you have every right to complain because I often find myself complaining about things that I see on Survivor seasons, especially the returnee seasons like <laughs> season 40, where they really went above and beyond for them. Now, I appreciate all of the players. It was an incredible season. So, yes, they should give to them. But then you sit back and you go, well, I didn't get any of that. You know? And then you, you start to uh, remind yourself of the things that you miss. But I did actually tweet about the differences between what Survivor gives you and what Big Brother gives you. And Survivor gives you pink eye and Big Brother gives you star costumes. So (laughs) there seems to be a disparity, but that's okay. We're outside. You're in a nice house. So I'll, I'll deal with it. It's all right. Having said that, there are times I would have killed to be outside and not trapped in that stale air Big Brother house. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just a prelude to this year. It really was, if you think about it. See, Cliff, you're all set now. You know how to handle all this. Staying yeah, at home the last freaking year I've been quarantined. I'm getting a little <laughs> tired of it. <laughs> That's true. It's a little extra uh, for Cliff. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But at least now I'm in a house where I can get into one of your rules, David, where I can actually trust. I'll say most of the people. In yeah. <laughs> it's just my mother. I should think so. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like there's other people hiding in the house somewhere. Yeah, Kelly. You better go check on them. Oh, no. oh. I, was, I was talking about the dog. It's uh, I trust. I trust Sharon. She's yeah. She trust Daisy too. Oh my gosh, what's going on over there? Oh my goodness! Quarantine is switching things up at the hog house. That's right. Apparently. Right. So. One topic that, uh, you know, we didn't plan for this when we, we set, uh, when you'd be coming on. Um, and we're really glad that you, you're probably really glad you weren't here last week. Um, but we're, we're, you know, Nicole A, uh, you know, we said we wouldn't have to use letters anymore, but turns out we do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Her name's going to come up as we move on here. And she was, of course, a, a close ally and friend of yours. Um, yeah. Although, as Taryn Armstrong, our, the RHAP recapper, you know, live feed recapper, tweeted during, during that week, I think we should have paid more attention to how often Nicole doubted Cliff last season. At one point, she almost evicted him. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into how her game affected Janelle's later. But now that a week has passed since she was voted out, what do you think about her? short time in the house oh that was a tough week i mean not just nicole but david was up on the block against her obviously I, i've cheered for both of them and it just uh it was it was terrible and nicole mm. I, I so much just wanted to reach through my tv screen and and alternately give her a big old hug and, and give her a bit of a, a lecture and a discussion <laughs> and and now I kind of understand what my family was going through last summer watching me, where you, you see, we see the bigger picture. And obviously she didn't see that. And I was just feeling so helpless. It was, it was terrible. Mm. <laughs> and that's, what's hard too. I mean, when, when you're watching someone that you care about so much playing, it just colors everything. And I don't know, dad, if, if you were able to see, in, while you were in the house, those moments when Nicole was doubting you. I don't know if you picked up on that. I don't remember. But for us at home, we're like, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's and it's so stressful to just see the potential ramifications yeah. of that. And so, I mean, you were in the house. You have a different perspective, too. But, yeah, it's uh, it's hard when you care about someone personally. Yeah. And it's, it's almost harder with us when we see the entire picture. And that's why Nicole... Yeah, there's no doubt. She made some missteps. She made some misreads. She was fed some information with that was colored up with some opinions that that yeah. You know, there's a lot of reasons, but at the core of it is the fact that you are working with such limited information. The the mm -hmm. brain wants to fill in those missing gaps. Yeah. And suddenly Nicole is in a situation, and I saw it a little bit last season where where there were so many people in that house. Uh, everyone's talking and you realize that you're outside this a big alliance and you're just grasping at anything. In her case, she, she was able to grasp on to Kevin who she felt like was a true ally. But unfortunately he was, he was giving her some information that, that helped her decide that the house was against her. And, and that included Janelle and Kayser. And uh, I understand, I understand why it happened. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's tough. It's it's hard. It, it's just a misread that changed everything about the game. And uh, I, I I told her last summer while she was in the house, and I told her again when I talked to her a little <laughs> while back that uh, Big Brother or Survivor for that point, the game does not define who you are as a person. Right. You play the best you can. You work on the best decisions you can. I, I think Nicole, for a variety of reasons, got a little overwhelmed, uh, and and as a result, it just all steamrolled, and and she never could pull herself. Uh, up and and make the thing work but yeah, yeah. It, was hard. it was hard it's got to be unfortunate too wow am i echoing all of a sudden no you're good okay that sounded really crazy for a second I, better not. Yeah. I do think that it's it's interesting that cliff you've now had the experience that kelly basically had where kelly was watching you getting all of that information and it was driving her crazy back at home wanting yeah. to come mm -hmm. through the tv and probably tell you the same mm -hmm. thing that now you've experienced <laughs> with nicole and I, I and i really like i have to really appreciate this about big brother because we don't have that opportunity in survivor where our families get to see us while it's happening. Yeah. It's not until much later. And then we have to go, okay, this is what you're going to see. Like, because we think that's what they're going to see, but then they don't see it. And it turns into this whole thing. Whereas, I mean, for Kelly, like, 
you actually were you were living it with your dad, but you were seeing so much more than he was seeing. And that has to be so just like you actually know more about the the yeah. whole game than than Cliff actually knew well, when he came I, out of the house. I think it can be and I'd I feel like it can be more stressful for the people watching their loved yes. ones play than the people playing. Because if you're playing, you're doing your best, you know, it's mm-hmm. a game, you're, you know, it's great. But if you're watching, like when, when they overheard you in the <laughs> boat room, I, I I don't, I mean, we were all on the phone with each other. Like, oh my God, this is the worst thing. I don't know what to do. He's going to, I mean, it was awful. And then I think we showed you the video of when you won the battle back. So the highs are really high. The lows are really low. And it is extremely stressful. I mean, last summer, I'm happy you did the show. But oh, my God, that was a stressful summer. So (laughs) I'm I'm glad you're here now. But uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's hard for family members. It has to be. It really has to be because it's much different when you're watching it after it's already happened with your family sitting on the couch together as opposed to struggling through it alone and they're still gone and they're still going through it has to be so stressful and it's very interesting now watching with my wife uh, and i still haven't watched my whole season but i've watched part of it (laughs) but going through and i and me saying hey sharon this is why i did this this is what i was thinking and she's saying yeah but what you didn't know is they were over in this room saying right yeah we each have a bit of information that we're Binding together to get that true big picture of what was going on. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But yeah, very stressful. <laughs> a little bit. Crazy. Kelly, do you have any other good stories of yelling at the TV while he was. Oh, I mean, every time that there was some sort of something that happened. So, you know, I, I work at a job, so I can't watch my live feeds all day. I was, we, were, we weren't working from home at that point. So I'm at work mm. and I would get Twitter notifications. And <gasps> so I would just sometimes see a tweet and, oh no. Oh no, or I can't deal with this right now. I got I I gotta go to a meeting. I gotta deal with tonight when I get back and, and just scrolling through. And so a lot of just that kind of uh ah and then sometimes it would be fine, sometimes it would be terrible. And you know, it just depended on kind of what how you were doing in the game, but then also how everyone else was doing in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and that doesn't even touch on the, the social media side of the house while you were gone, which was a whole other storm. It's just a, it's just constant. I can only imagine your face when you got the Twitter feed saying Cliff Hogg is twerking inside the house. Yeah. Oh, I got the joyous thing. That one on a live feed. So that was good. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up again. Once again, yeah. like, bringing those repressed oh, memories right back. You should be yeah. careful, Cliff, because if you bring up stuff she doesn't want to talk about, she might go down a path about something you don't want to talk about. I spent the last 20 something years learning how to embarrass my kids. And I felt like I got to do it on national TV last summer. So how lucky we are (laughs) well i said it's it's uh yeah i i had told uh kelly after after you were uh i think after you were off i sent a message to kelly and saying you know watching you cliff was probably the closest to me ever getting on a reality show because you were in this you know the same age group you're an engineer you're you know all these different things and that's probably as close as i'll ever be Mm. So yep. I, I felt like I was representing a large segment of people that aren't normally uh, necessarily cast on Big Brother yeah. or finds a similarity in there. Yes. So. No, that you know what Cliff was interesting too when they announced the cast and you get to kind of I hate to say this prejudge everyone because that's oh, yeah. what people do. Oh yeah. Um, it was it was you were a breath of fresh air to oh, see thanks. someone like yourself being on Big Brother. And I think a lot of people watched you and said, hey, that's that's great because you seem to be so personable and someone that a lot of people can relate to. 
like David, you know, so I, so I think that that's really great that you were able to go out there and represent yourself and represent who you are as a person in a way that we don't normally see on Big Brother. So it really was great to see you out there. And the fact that you're now here with us is so much fun. So thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, so with all of that, is there anything that uh, any, any of you wanted to discuss about the week? Before we uh, focus our attention on Janelle, other than a couple things we've already said, that's a loaded question. Okay, yes. that is a loaded question. Oh. There's a part of me that sees some reflection of this summer versus last summer. I'm ready to see some shakeups. I I don't want to see anyone get feeling too comfortable inside that house, and so we gotta have some changes to get some people more concerned than they are right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. way too much um, mm, laying around, just kind of going, yeah, this is what we're all going to do. Okay, let's work out now. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be like there's really not a whole lot of like, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating to be watching the minimal amount of gameplay that seems to be going on. Well, and it's funny because I feel like if you look at some of those, people will draw out the alliances, right? And they'll put all the alliances on us and, and it looks so complex this season. It's not like mm-hmm. there's one alliance and then one mm-hmm. outsider's group. But then you take that and you compare it to the gameplay that we're seeing and it's kind of like, well, okay, there's 500 alliances in this house and everyone's just kind of trucking yeah. along doing their thing. So where's the disconnect? When is this going to finally implode? And yes. that's what'll be interesting, but you know, when do we get there? Yeah, right. hopefully we get there. At some point very soon, because otherwise we're going to just be yeah. bored. Watching. There's a lot. There's a lot of egos in that house. And when it hits, there are going to be some fun fireworks. We just have to trudge through. Hopefully not too much longer before we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead uh, and uh, focus our attention on Janelle. Um, it, it does seem obvious that Janelle was voted out because she came into the house as the biggest threat. Indeed, many people have already said that in interviews and articles. But as I said earlier, just because something is obvious doesn't make it true, or at least not the full explanation. Yes, she was a huge threat, but there were things Janelle could have done differently that might have changed the outcome. I know some people don't want to hear that, but hey, that's our <laughs> job to say. Let's take a look at what those were and how they affected her game as we figure out why Janelle lost. Sir, we begin with the first and most important rule, which talks about scheming and plotting. Uh, We always talk about how important it is to make alliances right away in Big Brother. And in this all star season, it started even before that for some of the players. From what we've heard, Janelle was the most active in this regard, and she supposedly had some sort of pregame agreements with at least Bailey and Danny, though she said in her RHAP interview that she only had an alliance with Danny. And we saw that Danny clearly didn't care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Now, Cliff, you're the one here most likely to be plugged into the Big Brother network. Did you yeah. hear anything about pre-gaming in general or hers in, in particular? Not about uh, Janelle's in particular, but yeah, I heard a few rumors here and there. And everyone was talking to everyone else. I had a little whisper and y'all, oh, what are you doing this summer? And then no one, <laughs> you know, for the most part, no one coming right out and saying, but uh, I, I know for a fact there was some pre-gaming that took place with some people. I also know for a fact there were some people who didn't pre-game at all. Uh, and so, yeah, and, and I know Janelle has said that, that Danny was her only one, but uh, it's hard. Hey, it's so hard because there's so much. I mean, so many of your rules, 
tend to focus on what goes on inside the house. And yet, because mm-hmm. it's such a strange season, you almost have to apply it not only to the pre-gaming, but even going back to previous seasons and what you did there and who knows what about you. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, I, I have no doubt. And, and Cody's talked about it in the live feeds that he talked to Derek. And so, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some pre-gaming that, that went on. Uh, and it's just part of it when you bring back a lot of people. Now, uh, Cliff, did you do any pre-gaming in case you were called? No, yeah, no. I, uh, <laughs> you have to say that. You have to, no matter what yeah. the answer is, you have to say that. You have to no, say that. I, no, I, I, I wasn't going to do anything that took any chances. Uh, we heard the rumors that, that some people maybe got removed because of pre-gaming. And who knows if that, I have no clue on that. But yeah, if, if I had been lucky enough to get the call, the last thing I would have done was take a chance that I was going to do anything to get me out of that house before I got a chance to step in there. So now nah, I, I wouldn't have talked to anyone at all. <laughs> yeah. The, the fear is real. I really do think that CBS puts the fear into anyone who has played this game and the potential of ever playing it again, they're going to be paying attention. And if you do anything that could potentially, well, I mean, it's here's, here's my, my view on it. I think some people might get, a little bit more in trouble than others. You know, if, if they're willing to let something slide because a particular person, you, so you have to be very mindful of that. And, and it has to be incredibly difficult in a situation like this where you don't want to hurt your game, but you also want to be able to help your game. And so it's a struggle because if you, if you get involved in pre-gaming alliances, you might end up getting in trouble with CBS. But at the same time, if you don't get involved with pre-gaming alliances, you might be in trouble once you get in the house. And so it's it's a really difficult, difficult situation to find yourself in. And I, I applaud anyone that can pull it off and pull it off well. But obviously, <laughs> had some negative ramifications for the people in the house this summer. And here's the deal. I, I, I love Big Brother. I have so much respect for the game. You know, last season we had a wall yeller and I said, I, you know, out of respect for the game, I'm not going to say anything about what happened. I don't want the outside influences. I want this game to be decided strictly by what happened inside mm-hmm. the house. And to a certain degree, even with potential, these rumors of pre-gaming and everything else, I, I feel the same way. And And I wish in a perfect world, we wouldn't have any outside influences whatsoever. If pre-gaming or assumptions about people or, or anything that affects decisions made inside the, the game. The reality is that's never going to be the case, especially when you've got returning players. So yeah, the people who, who are the most uh, uh, passionate, uh, maybe pre-gaming makes more sense to, to the people who truly want to win. But for me, with the love of the game, I, I, I wish it didn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think we'd have a little bit more interesting going on right now within the house if maybe we didn't have some of what might have occurred. Yeah. Uh, my microphone is going crazy this evening. I, I think it's uh, just, just so you sorry, inside baseball here. I think it's when you say anything while his mic is open while he's oh, talking. Okay. So, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the back, for the inside <laughs> baseball talk there for everybody. Um, so um, yeah, one thing, and you know, Cliff, you said you, you, you mentioned the rumors of people getting, uh, taken out of contention for pre-gaming. And Jessica, you said there may be, you know, different rules for different people. That's mm-hmm. why personally, I don't, uh, put stock in the rumors that Dan and Derek were removed. Yeah. You know, there's this whole thing that Nicole Franzel got them removed because of pre-gaming. I'm sorry. If CBS 
or Big Brother wanted Dan and Derek, they're not going to remove them for right. pre gaming. That's right. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I agree. Hundred so, percent. Yeah. So anyway, uh, once Janelle did get into the game, even though she had been doing this beforehand, um, she wasn't as quick about making alliances as other people were. She obviously had Kaser and she was good with Keisha and she thought she had Memphis and Danny on her side, but other actual alliances formed around her without including her when she needed to be doing everything she could to get in with a large group right from the get-go. And I feel like we just didn't really see that. Yeah. And I wonder, well, I wonder a little bit if that's because she came in, you know, one of two things, is it because she came in with a pair? You know, I think back to survivor winners at war, you look at Robin Amber and they came in as a pair. People knew it. And the goal immediately, the easy out. Okay. Let's split them up. Janelle and Kaser, it's the same thing. You come in with a pair. All right, let's split them up. Or is it because she has this legend status so she's always going to be a target and no one wants to include her. But my question is, is that an inevitability or is that something that she could have, you know, she and Kaser said, we got to kind of split up and, and kind of talk to people. Is that something she could have mitigated by being a little bit more proactive at, at the start when she first got into the house? I don't know. Yeah, well, I think that's a great point. I do think that someone like Janelle coming into this house, knowing her backstory and the game that everyone knows she plays so well and that they have all seen her play. You have to be mindful of that. And I I think she was, but I think that because of her knowing that she was coming in with a huge target on her back probably caused her to hold back a little bit. But at the same time, I don't know how many people are going to be approaching a big target going, Hey, Mm -hmm. you want to work with me? I mean, it might've been a smart move for them to say that they want to work with her because maybe they're going to take some of the heat off of themselves if they're aligned with her. But I do think that it, it probably was a combination of all of those things. She is coming in with a pair. She's also coming in with everybody knowing who she is. And I think that that ended up kind of hindering her ability to, grab onto people and really form Mm -hmm. those relationships she needed to form because they had already kind of determined how her game was going to be based upon what they already know of her. But having said, I agree with you, but having said as well, you you compare her to Memphis. And I I think when the cast started getting rumored and announced, I know I was thinking, this could easily turn into an old school versus new school sides. Uh, and, and and sure enough, you see there's a certain amount of that division. And yet, as soon as Memphis came in, everyone assumes Memphis and Keisha are going to be this this tight duo as well. And yet he immediately makes some moves, uh, some overtures to the other side. You know, he's part of the Commission Alliance and, and mm-hmm. all of that now. And so it seems like he maybe and David's maybe getting a little head of rules and such. But it seems like he maybe had a little flexibility and not just focused on on this duo partner. He made some moves that that maybe Janelle was a little more hesitant to to do for whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, it is clear as, as you know, as you guys were saying, it, or it's not clear rather that she could have gotten into a larger alliance. Maybe they'd have just been like, no, no, we want nothing to do with you. But, right. you know, she instead ended up generally fighting the wrong battles on the minority side. She fought for Keisha to stay and lost. She fought for Nicole to stay and lost. She fought for herself to stay and lost. You know, and along the way, she made occasional progress with a few individuals like Bailey and Devon, but it wasn't enough. And the others, they didn't want to make waves, especially from a minority position. They were, you know, they're sitting there going, well, yeah, we could join her, but. Eh, we don't have the numbers. We'll just we'll just let it go. 
I think the point that Cliff made about Memphis is a good one, because I do think that Memphis walked into the house kind of with that same type of idea. Old school player, people know how he plays, but he was able to push that to the side. And perhaps by targeting one of his own, like Keisha, that was a benefit to him. And unfortunately, that's not the path that Janelle took. She was actually going to bat for Keisha, which might have put her in that corner even further because that old school, new school mentality was kind of being supported by her actions. Whereas Memphis was like, no, I'm with you guys. I'm not with them and used it to his advantage. Unfortunately, Janelle just wasn't able to do that. Let's keep in mind as well that I think the structure of this season hurt Janelle also in that they had that competition and we knew who the HOH was before they ever actually went inside uh, for, for any period of time and started getting to talk to each other. In a regular season, even if you only have five or six hours before you have that first HOH competition, it could have given her a chance to interact a little bit more with some people. And mm. because there were there are people that are scared of Janelle for, for good reason. Yeah, her, her reputation as a comp beast and veto queen, they could have she could have used that to bring in some more people. But because she wasn't allowed to talk to anyone until after they already knew that Cody was HOH, that the power for that first week was going to reside on the uh, the new school side of, of, of the, the house. It made it that much easier for people to be more hesitant to to want to get too close to Janelle because they're all fighting for to get in tight with the person who has the power, which happened to be Cody. Uh, so if if Janelle had won that first HOH, then I think people would have gravitated perhaps towards the other side. If they had had a period of time before they knew who the HOH was, you would have had a little more of a balance. And so I think the structure of how this first week was set up didn't help her cause any either having the big reputation that she had. Another yeah. great point. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Now I, I do want to say, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Janelle wasn't doing anything. She said she wanted to work with Tyler early on, um, you know, and she and Kaser figured out a chunk of the ruling alliance in the house. Though, of course, she revealed that to the wrong person. Um, and, you know, even after she was nominated, she tried to promise safety, attempted to convince people she would be a good shield. And and both of those last things were probably the best things she could do. But I think everybody knew they weren't going to work. Yeah. So she, she had a lot of baggage coming in. I mean, yeah, good baggage. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, one part of this rule talks about check-ins with your allies. And while Nicole Franzel was not seen as her ally for most of the game, (laughs) um, she did say early on that she'd never go against Janelle or put her up. And nobody knew they were good friends outside the game. And Janelle was invited to her wedding until she was uninvited. Um, (laughs) That seemed to open up the possibility that they could work together. But Janelle told Dalton Ross that Nicole is very insecure in general. And she knew Nicole was the kind of person you had to tell you're good every day. And, you know, she even told Mike Bloom that she had done that on the amazing race to try to keep her, you know, kind of working together. Part of me wants to suggest that maybe it could have changed things if she had tried a bit more on that front. But then I see the way Nicole Franzel has acted in general. And and I just I have to throw that thought away. You know, Nicole talked about how mad she was that Janelle said she didn't deserve a win, which contradicts what I just mentioned about Nicole saying they were close. So the woman is a walking contradiction. And, And I'm not really sure there was anything Janelle could have done on that front. No, I do think that the difference between Janelle and Nicole F is really the type of people they are. I mean, Janelle is 
just comes across as a very strong, confident individual who walks into a room and owns it. And not to say that Nicole isn't a confident individual, but she doesn't present herself in the same way. And so when you're playing a game like this, someone like Janelle can come across as very intimidating because, I mean, when she walked into the safety suite, I mean, it was like, I'm here and I'm ready to go. And you really saw this confident individual. And then when Nicole walked into the safety suite, it was really kind of meek and kind of looking around and trying to figure things out. So they're they're definitely different people. And I think someone like Nicole is probably easily intimidated by a Janelle. And I think a lot of people would be intimidated by Janelle because she is she is there to play and she doesn't apologize and she's in your face and she'll tell you exactly what she thinks. And there's nothing wrong with that. But well, it can be, well, well uh, I'm know, saying we'll get to that. We uh, will get to that. I mean, as part of as part of a game, it could be problematic. But to but to be that type of person can be off putting to an individual that doesn't know how to handle it. Someone that can handle it. OK, great. Someone like Kesar, who who's like, mm-hmm. all right, I know how to how to jive with this person. But someone like Nicole just wasn't able to. And I think that her defense mechanism was to then kind of come at Janelle in that, you know, I'm going to talk about you behind your back and I'm going to say things about you, which ended up putting Janelle in a bad light and gained some favor for Nicole with people in the house. But unfortunately for Janelle, it didn't help her game at all. We've, we've seen, was it last week, uh, Nicole Franzel was so worried about the possibility of a backdoor. She kept asking and mm-hmm. acting concerned with it. You combine someone that doesn't have a lot of confidence about their position in the game and, and is worried about it. And then you combine that with the the knowledge that there's someone in the house that at least in your opinion is gunning for you, doesn't like you. And it's so easy just to put those two together and say, <laughs> I don't care what she says to me. I, she's got to get out before she comes after me. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's much that Janelle could have done to to overcome uh, Nicole's opinion before she ever even stepped inside that house as far as where they were going to land to post each other. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are in your neighborhood, ready to help personalize your insurance. And you can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. Visit statefarm.com today to get a great rate without sacrificing great service. That's statefarm.com. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back, so let's get back to the show. All right. Well, the second rule uh, talk, tells players not to scheme and plot too much and to ske- keep their scheming secret. Now, this has been an issue for Janelle from the beginning of her time on the show. And I don't just mean this show. I mean the first time. In the first Why Janelle Lost column that I wrote, lo, those many years ago, I noted that she, like almost everyone that season, failed to keep her scheming secret because it was such a highly divided season and everybody knew where almost everybody else stood. So there was never any doubt as to who the enemy was. Then when I wrote about her first All-Stars loss, 
since they're both all stars and CBS didn't change the name. Um, I, I said that she had some of the same problems because everyone knew she was one part of the BB six Alliance and two potentially using Marcellus as a backup and three spending a lot of time with will. Now that meant when the house guests couldn't get rid of Janelle because she at that time kept winning competitions, they got rid of those allies instead, like Kaser, Howie and Marcellus. Now, that was then, this is now, and the problem remained, though in a slightly different fashion. We already talked about how Janelle was said to have done the most pre-gaming, and for some of the players, that was undoubtedly seen as too much. When she got there, uh, she played what Taryn Armstrong has called a messy game. Uh, you know, the way he described it is, you do want to scheme and plot a lot, you want to strategize a lot, but not messily. So it, you know, his term for scheming and plotting too much. And you know, she would talk about who she was targeting, spread stories, tell people things that she shouldn't. Telling well, the wrong of, people. Go ahead, John. Yeah. No, I was gonna say no, part of part of me thinks that um you know that's partially maybe why she got into some of the trouble that she did get into with the Janelacy, with her name in everybody's mouth saying all sorts of nasty things. And you know, I wonder if because she was so vocal in trying to save Keisha and trying to save Nicole A, if that didn't come back to bite her because suddenly, oh, wow, Janelle's really talking a lot of game right now. She has some stakes already. It's week two. What does that mean? It just raises yeah. her threat level. So I do feel like it's there's a very clear divide in the house as far as people who are willing to kind of put themselves out there and really talk and others that just really want to sit back and listen. And she was one of those people that was really willing to put herself out there right. and talk. And unfortunately, because you have so many individuals in the house that I feel like are wanting to play a much slower, what does the house want to do kind of yeah. game that for someone like Janelle who wants to stir the pot, mm -hmm. she wants to, she wants to make moves and she wants to make things happen that it ends up looking bad for her as opposed to, I'm just trying to play big brother. You know, like yeah. this is what we should be doing. We should be trying to get out, you know, the people that are actually mm -hmm. going to affect our games negatively and we should be trying to keep those people here that aren't going to affect our games negatively and no matter who she spoke to about that it, it no one no one was willing to kind of flip the script and go you know what let's do that let's make some moves let's make some things happen so i i feel like she really was in a very bad predicament because she was willing to talk and so few people were willing to do so sorry that's my dog if you hear barking <laughs> And do y'all think the way she did that is that is that kind of old big brother versus new big brother? In the old days, people maybe were more willing just to put themselves out there and let it happen or not happen. Whereas now it's all a little more touchy feeling and it's early in the game. Let's not offend mm -hmm. anyone. I just want to survive for a little while. Maybe a little more playing out of fear nowadays, whereas in the old days, it was just get on, make your make your shot and whatever happens, happens. I love that you went there. Because I was thinking about this earlier. I feel like there is such a shift in Big Brother where it is that old school gameplay is not what's happening anymore. People are going to more of a slow gameplay as opposed to like in Survivor, it used to be more of a slow gameplay and now it's very fast paced. And so it's like the Survivor game versus Big Brother game. It's like they flipped where Survivor is moving at a much faster pace now. And I feel like Big Brother is doing the exact opposite. I, that was just my like epiphany I had today when I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was really kind of processing it. And I don't know if that's accurate or not, 
But I do get that sense from this season, especially that they are really kind of holding back. And it's really about the house as opposed to each individual's game. Yeah. And it is, I mean, honestly, it is the way Big Brother should be played because it's a much longer game. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in Australian Survivor, which is a much longer game than regular, than I say regular, than American (laughs) Survivor. Um, And then you still have people who are in there trying to make moves right away. And it's like, you have like 50 days left. Calm down. You are never going to make it that long. Right. You know, and, and I know that we just talked about it. Some people may be listening and saying, wait, in rule one, you said she didn't do enough scheming and plotting. In rule two, you said she did too much. And it's more the way she did it rather than the amount. You know, it's like, it's like we were saying in, in the first rule, she was fighting the wrong battles yeah. and always on the losing side. Now, another thing from rule two is that it talks about how open partnerships are just begging to be split up through, you know, unlike Survivor in Big Brother, there's a perfect mechanism to do that. You nominate them both. And, you know, that's why players should do everything they can to hide a relationship like that. And we already talked about it a little bit in rule one, but that obviously didn't happen with Janelle and Kaser. You know, to somewhat paraphrase Kaser, he said he has a bond with Janelle that's irrefutable. You can't hide it. And that's dangerous in the game. And he was right. You know, when Mike Bloom asked Janelle if having Kaser there helped or hurt her game, she said it 100 percent hurt her and made made her a bigger target. Now, both of them were right in everything they said there, but neither of them really did anything to hide it. Now, maybe it would have been silly. You know, maybe people would have been like, yeah, oh, okay, right. But they, from what we saw, they made approximately zero attempt. Um, you know, they just picked up where they last left off rather than at least trying something like, oh, we haven't seen her talk to each other in years, which apparently was true. You know, we're, we're not together now. We're completely different people now. And they didn't even try that. Well, I- I, let's just start that very first week, the safety suite, where they were the only two that played. <laughs> and I still don't understand exactly what the thinking was behind that. Maybe it's misunderstanding the rules or what. But when you only have two people playing and it's people that you already think are, are partnered together, you just seal the deal right there that, yes, these two are tight. They're watching out for each other. And and that is what it is. So yeah, that that was a tough way to start for them. Do you think it would have been better for them to not both play the safety suite? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then they still would have shown their their connection to each other if he would have still saved her because he would have been the only one competing, saves her. But then obviously she gets to play again. But I'm just curious as far as like showing their like that they're together. Is it worse that they both played it to show they're together or would it have been worse if only one had played it to show that they were together? Well, part of me wonders if if maybe a strategy could have been only one of them play or they both play it and then don't pick the other person to prove, no, 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 we've changed. We're not together. I'm in this new alliance now. Mm. But that would have required a lot of other things to be different through the season and, and sort of them setting that up ahead of time. So, yeah, that's you know, true. that's true. But otherwise, I mean, if they were going to use the safety suite on each other, no matter what, I mean, everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny. See, I, you know, where do you put the safety suite in the rules? Well, actually, this is a good transition because I put it in the third rule because yeah. the third rule is about being flexible, especially when it comes to big brother rules, which is something different than we have in survivor because survivor usually Jeff Probst doesn't change the rules on you <clears throat> usually. <laughs> um, but big brother, it happens all the time. And 
you know, so someone once asked me, and I may have talked about this on the prior podcast here, but someone once said to me, why do you get so upset at, at survivor twists that bring back players, but you don't for big brother? And, well, cause survivor is a, more serious game in a way and big brother it's been happening for so long and there are so many twists i mean yeah i don't like the twists but i'm never going to get as mad about the twists on big brother (laughs) as i am on survivor it's just not going to happen how can you get mad they're like running around in costumes and have baby (laughs) stars to take care of i mean this is it's a whole different environment you can't you can't get mad I kind of like that battle back twist. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, that was a perfect example of, oh, I hate when they bring players. Oh, Cliff's back, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So when it works for you, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although last, you know, last season of Survivor, when Tyson came back, I mean, I love Tyson, you Mm -hmm. know, but. Mm -hmm. I still wasn't happy that anybody came back then, right. but that was a different type of coming back. Um, so anyway, with the third rule, you know, talking about being flexible when it comes to the rules, I do think, you know, what we were just talking about, that Janelle messed up. I, I think that yes, Janelle and Kaser were right to get the feeling that Cody was thinking about nominating them, despite Cody later lying to them, uh, you know, insisting that no, 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 I would never mm-hmm. have done that. Mm-hmm. But they just didn't sit down and plan how to best figure this out, which led to, like we talked about, Kaser running at the last minute and then Janelle running at the very last minute. And they could have ended up having two weeks of safety instead of both of them blowing it in week one. And the thing is, if Janelle had saved it, she probably wouldn't have used it during Memphis's HOH because she trusted him so much wrongly, Mm -hmm. but still. So she could have used it this week. I mean, she might not have won, but still. And, you know, you, you were talking about the debate. Should, you know, which one made them look more like a pair? Well, Janelle said in her RHAP interview that, um, well, first she said there wasn't time to consider everything. Uh, now, I know it was that, an hour. Yeah. That I, yeah. <laughs> I know that it was a short time, but those of us watching were immediately like, this is what you should do. You yeah. Know? And I know, Cliff, you know, you're in there. All sorts of things are going crazy. It's a little bit easier for us. But she also said that they both played it to be sorry. If both played, it might not look as sketchy as if one played. So that goes back to the discussion you were just having from her mind. That was what she was thinking. Personally, I I don't know about that, especially if they use it on each other, which was their plan. Right. And then he saves her. So it doesn't even matter. So she's essentially wasted it and he saves her. So it just solidifies in everyone's mind that the two are working together. So, I mean, at least if, if he had only gone up and swiped and it was a, you know, less than a minute left, she could have been like, Oh, uh, that I didn't realize that was happening. And there's some, you can play it off a little bit better, I think. But, but yeah, I do, I do agree that it probably would have been better for them to walk into that with a set idea and plan. And the idea that there wasn't that much time again, Cliff, I've never experienced it. So I don't know, but I do feel like if you, all they do is talk in the house. Yeah. That's all people do is talk. So how do you not have that conversation with the person who you're like this with in the house? I don't I, know. I, I can't imagine that the conversation didn't take place of, hey, if no one does it, which of us is going to play it? If if so-and-so plays it, do we ne- both need to do it based on our competitive people or people mm-hmm. that we don't think are going to? 
you have to have those conversations and be prepared for that kind of situation. Yeah. yeah now, now, Cliff, you did mention, you know, some misunderstanding potentially. And w- one confusing thing that we heard about on the feeds was that apparently Kaser asked production what would happen if more than one player competed and they all timed out. And he was told there would be a tiebreaker. Okay. Um, but Janelle didn't hear that. And Kaser apparently didn't pass it along to her or she didn't understand it when he did. So she might have been under the impression that even if Kaser were the only competitor, yeah, he yeah. could have still lost. Yeah. And if that was the case, I mean, it's a little bit more understandable, but then confer, confer with production, ask, wait, is this really what's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was such a huge thing. You, you can't just base it off of your understanding which might or might not be right well and even if that was the case do you really want to put all your eggs in the basket for the very first week or take a little bit of a risk on that first week and and look at a little bit longer down the road again this is a marathon to be on on big brother so you know no one none of them went home week one really hurt their game going forward uh to not have one of them with the capability for these last two weeks to play it Mm -hmm. yeah now, one other factor I want to discuss is a, a bit of a touchy one for those of us who are no longer in our 20s. Um, and, and that's the fact that our bodies perhaps don't function quite the way they used to in physical situations. Um, what are you talking about, David? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, you know, Janelle was supposed to be a comp beast. Yeah. But that clearly wasn't the case anymore. Um, I, but I think that a lot of her gameplay still seemed to be centered on the idea that she could win competitions and change things up. Yeah. I think she could have still done it. And it's been (laughs) interesting. I know Taryn has talked about the fact, what are we at 10 competitions now? And nine of them have been won by, by men. And uh, you got people like Christmas in there. I mean, that's the one thing Uh, Janelle. Yeah. She's a comp beast, but there's a lot of very capable athletic people in that house. Uh, to win a lot of things and yeah I, I do agree that she she came with her reputation that man she don't put her in the game uh, on one of these competitions because there's a good chance she'll win it and she just didn't prove that out whether it's age or just the the competitions have changed a little bit from the earlier portions of big brother a little combination of both yeah i think it's a combination of both but even in situations like the cupcake one i mean that's yeah. not a strength challenge you yeah. know that's something that now there were, don't get me wrong. There were, I mean, you know, I think we, uh, we probably, uh, talked a bit about the horrible first, uh, first leg of the HOH challenge. Um, you know, where the women were at a severe disadvantage and some producer it never occurred to them that this would happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you just have to adjust your strategy too. If you're not winning comps, you can't rely on it. And it'll be interesting because Ian, has indicated coming in that he's going to lay low and then ramp it up and win all the comps. And it's like, yeah, Ian, have you seen the other guys you're in there with? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. We've also talked about the fact that in recent seasons, it's gotten a lot more physical for those Mm -hmm. comps at the end. Because I know Taryn did that analysis last year. So, you know, you can't, bank on cops comps and if the last time that you played it was all just luck or strategy or you know puzzles and things like that you can't just rely on that at the end anymore and and i i know that you know ian i know has been keeping up with the strategy and how it's going but i just think that people get stuck 
in how they were able to win and how they were able to play. And, and I think that's a hard pattern to break. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, with the competitions, you really have no idea what they're going to be throwing yeah. at you. So it might be something that physically is a challenge for one person, but the other person is just naturally good at it. And you just have like no idea. Like rolling balls or something like that? Well, <laughs> my, funny, my daughter saw that and she was like, uh, is this like a birthday party thing? Like, I mean, it was, that was, that was one I wasn't real impressed with, but I, I no, will no, no. say. Wait, which one weren't you impressed with? The rolling of the balls. Which rolling of the balls? This Into season? The, Yes, this season. Oh, I was, season. I was referring to Cliff's. Uh, yeah, there event. seems to be a lot of ball rolling. Okay, yes, I'll just we're yes. just going to throw that out there. But, <laughs> the but more I, the better. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that it's it is one of those situations where you don't necessarily know what you will be good at, and if you're a strong person, obviously that's going to benefit you. If it is something that requires your strength, if it's if it's a mental puzzle type thing and you're just a little bit smarter than the next one obviously you'll do better but you really have no idea what you are going to end up being good at I mean when I was out on Survivor there was things that all of a sudden I was like I had no idea I could do this but you in that mindset sometimes things kind of take you over and suddenly you're able to do things that you wouldn't have necessarily thought so even if you know her Janelle being older could have been a negative effect on her. If she's in the right headspace, she might have still been able to do great. You just have no idea. I mean, someone like, you know, Nicole A might have been a little more frazzled, you know, when she's taking, you know, when she has to compete against individuals. So you just, you never know, like the mental component as it relates to the physical component and how it's going to affect your ability to do the challenge. So it would have been great to see her really just kill it out there and do great. She didn't do terrible or anything, but yeah, she certainly came in with a reputation for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. And uh, Kelly, other than being so solid with Kaser, which we've already discussed, do you think Janelle made any particular decisions based on emotion? I don't see. I don't think so because I don't think that's in her nature. I think she does think it through, but I think that if you consider friendship with Kaser and relying on that as an emotional choice of, oh, I'm locked in, I'm solid, or I've got these outer alliances, if that was just her heart saying, I'm good, over trusting, then I think that was her downfall. Um, but I don't know how many choices she really had to make based on emotion. I guess defending Nicole Anthony right. was the other thing that she's really done that I think her heart said, I need to do this. And I think obviously that burned her a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. I think to some degree, based on some of her past seasons where she wasn't afraid to kind of jump out and, and snipe at some people and all that, I felt like she kept it. And maybe Kelly's right. From some of the decisions she made, I think some emotions came into play. But in terms of trying to relate to the rest of the house, for the most part, I feel like she kind of kept it in check and, and tried to, to stay uh, stay even keeled with other people. But it just didn't work out. Yeah, that's a, a good bridge to the fifth rule, which tells players they need to pretend to be nice and play the social game. And I think it's safe to say Janelle is not great at being fake. Um, you know, even back in my first Why Janelle Lost column, I noted that despite her many fans, an objective onlooker had to admit that she did not pretend to be nice very well. I mean, one of her famous quotes was, bye bye, bitches. Uh, now, uh, uh, Cliff, did you ever want to say that to any of your housemates? 
Yeah, I, I had a few yeah. choice words that I, uh, y- y'all saw my season. Y'all know I had to put up with, with a few folks that, you know, yeah. that you have, you have to maintain friendships and, and make everyone think that you're the, to some degree, their best friend. Sometimes that can backfire on you as well, but, uh, yeah, you gotta be friendly because you never know, you never know your enemy this week may be the person that you're depending on next week to keep you in the house. So. There, there, there shouldn't be anyone that you that you vocally dislike in there. They, they are all your best friends while you're inside. <laughs> well, I have to say this season, she didn't take the bait. There was a lot of things that if she had heard them saying, she could have easily snapped and had a big blow up moment. Even, you know, Nicole F. when she gave the have not, you oh, know, little yeah. snipe, you know, Janelle could have really turned that into something and she didn't. And I think that that speaks a lot to her kind of emotional control, I think, in, in this season, at least. So. It's a little different. And maybe that came with age. Yes, there you <laughs> go. Some, some good and things motherhood. do come with age. Yes. Age and motherhood. Yes. She's a little more patient with the yeah. individuals now when she's trapped in the house with them. So Yeah. Now, I mean, and, and that is very true, but she did tell Dalton Ross, she kind of, just in general, not necessarily like that, but mm-hmm. she puts it all out there and likes to take her shot while the younger people in the house like to play. And we've talked about this, a very passive game and they want everybody to be friends and they act like taking out someone is the worst thing in the mm-hmm. world. And she said, that's fine, but it's fake. And yeah, it's one thing I've noticed too. Everybody comes to the diary room. I'm sadly ev- voting to evict this person. I'm sadly, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm unfortunately, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're gone. Yeah. They're never going to see this until way later. Just stop it and vote. Um, although that's better than the shout outs, but, <laughs> or the, the really long shout outs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yes, Janelle, it is fake, you know, getting back to that, but it's something you still have to do. Pretending to be nice was in my rules even the first time she played. So it's not a new idea. But as she told ET Canada, I don't just put up with BS. I don't do the crying crap. I don't do the moaning, the whining. That kind of stuff irritates me, obviously. Now, do you think that there's a possibility that because she was so able to kind of just get away with it her first season? I mean, the things that she said and the things that she did and was still able to find herself doing so well and and finishing as well as she did that perhaps she then became more comfortable being that way in the house because it's it's worked for her before i mean it worked for her at least in two of her seasons where she finished you know in the top three but then you've got further scenes she didn't do so well but i just i'm curious if that maybe she was like a little more comfortable with her ability to just put it all out there and tell people what she was thinking knowing that well it's worked previously why can't it work now well, and not only within the game, but when she came out, I mean, look at the number of fans that Janelle has right now. Yeah. And and part of that's because she was so direct, the way she played right. the games in her, in her first three seasons. So I'm sure when she goes back in there and maybe this ties in a little bit to emotions, ties in a little bit to the rule about flexibility. It's not just about playing the game to win, but also playing the game that she thinks is expected uh, from, from the people watching the show. And so she she does that to some degree and she wasn't willing or able to switch her up her game to match up with these new players who who play the game differently and expect to see differently so yeah all right well the sixth rule warns against being too much of a threat and i, I don't think this was an issue at all so we can just skip past it <laughs> <laughs> kidding oh, kidding Jeanette. as the is real yes. remember Ju- no, no no kidding kidding remember the <laughs> julie chen julie chen's new catchphrase um 
you know, obviously she was seen as a huge threat from the get go, which seemed to be okay for the first two weeks. But then we went from people being targeted for not being any sort of a threat to going after the biggest threat in the house. And yes, uh, Jessica, the Janellacy hit hard. Um, you know, and, and this was enhanced by the fact that as she told Mike Bloom, she was shocked there weren't other big names, which made her realize she was in trouble. Uh, she also told ET Canada, I wish they would have asked stronger women in general for the season. Nicole Franzel is not. She is the kind of person that targets women. It's just, you need to cast strong women. That's it. Uh, and, and she's right about that. It's, it wasn't just that she was a big threat. It's that also there weren't other players similar to her. You know, the question is what she could or should have done about it. I do think there were some ways she could have reduced her threat level somewhat. I don't know. Kelly, what do you think? I think we touched on on a lot of the things that, that made her a threat when she walked right into the door. And I think that if she and I don't know, if, I'm sure she knew this. Surely she knew her status and her you know level of, of, of legend. Um, you know, if she had walked through that door and said, you know, I am I know I'm a legend. I know people are going to be scared of me. Let me just be the nicest person you've ever met. Make me approachable and humble and everyone will just come talk to me and we'll be best friends. I'll I'll deescalate that threat level. That could have opened some doors for her, some invitations. Oh, I haven't talked to Kaser in years. And, you know, we just drifted apart. That kind of a setup from the get-go could have helped her. But that didn't happen. She walked in, she buddied no. up with Kaser, and it was just like, oh, here we go with Chanel again. Let's be scared. And I think that hurt her greatly. And if you go in and you know that you're going to be a threat, you may need to figure out how you can deal with that uh, as well. If you can't get rid of that perception, and we saw some of that when she was talking to Tyler in the HOH room and Tyler saying, I'm not sure it's a, you know, and she's saying, why are you getting rid of the person that's a bigger threat than you are? And he said it later just to the cameras. Why am I getting rid of such a big threat so early when maybe it would have been better have her in the house and continue to stay a target? But unfortunately, I think even when she pitched something like that to Tyler, it was after nominations had been made and it, it was too little too late at that point in time. Knowing what she was going to face when she came in, I, I think there were, perhaps some opportunities earlier to plant some of those seeds with some of the other bigger targets and, and get some buy-in uh, that, Hey, you want to have someone that everyone hates. Yeah. As long as I'm in here, you know, Nicole Franzel is not coming after you. So <laughs> what are you doing wasting your HOH on me right here? But that didn't happen. No, I think that's exactly what her approach should have been is that owning that walking into the house because she clearly knew it, owning it immediately, pointing it out to everybody. You want to keep me around because I will be a bigger threat than you or I will be a bigger target than you and you're a big target as well, but let's work together. And I do think with Tyler, it was a little too late. He finally, the wheels were turning and he realized, oops, that was a bad move because now who are they going to be looking at? They're going to be looking at me. So that it's one of those things, unfortunately for Janelle, walking into that house and seeing who she was playing against, it probably would have been in her best interest to just own it. Like, okay, I've, I've now seen what my competition is. It's not what I was expecting for an all-star season. So let me own it. I'm just going to tell them exactly how I know they perceive me because she knows that that's how she's perceived. It's not like a surprise or a secret that she could walk out of that house and oh, I'm a threat. What? That's what they got rid of me? No, she clearly knows that. So I, I do think that that would have been a smarter move for her to try to maintain her level in that house being a threat, but utilizing that threat level to someone else's advantage. 
Yeah. Now, I side, uh, Kelly, I take your point of view that she should have tried to reduce it rather than elevate it and use it as a shield. Um, although even using it as a shield from the get go would have been better than doing neither. Um, <laughs> Nothing, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and she even said at one point early in the first week that the best game move for her and Kaser was to lay low, even though they didn't like that Keisha was a nominee. Yeah. But then they didn't go through with their own advice, you know. And and then similarly, Janelle knew she couldn't be the main one pushing to keep Keisha and Keisha needed to do most of the work. But as we discussed, uh, me, Jessica and Ronnie discussed right here on this podcast two weeks ago, Keisha didn't do most of the work and Janelle did, which drew yep. attention for their unsuccessful yep. attempts to swing the vote. And then, of course, history repeated itself the following week. I don't know how she could have reduced it much, though, because this is we've already talked about you come into this house with a backstory. Everyone knows how she played this game before. Everyone has seen her play this game. And unless she's coming in there, you know, on crutches, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to see her as a comp piece. And, and, and I don't know what she could have necessarily done to try to reduce just the narrative that is Janelle and what people say about Janelle. And so unfortunately it's almost like, the character of the big brother Janelle was more significant than Janelle herself, even before she walked into that house. And so as soon as they saw her, that was it. That's Janelle. That's who we know. And so I don't know how much she could have done to dissuade the idea of who she was, even if she had played the game entirely different. I mean, it appeared that she was, but it clearly there was some ideas about her already that people had made determinations about and utilized that and how they were going to decide her place in that house. But David, getting back to your point, I, I do agree that, uh, you know, we saw in that first week, she was telling Kaser saying, we may just have to let Keisha go. We need to not campaign. We need to lay low. And Kaser was the one saying, no, this is, she's the first domino. We've got to protect it and all. And, and I guess he, he brought Janelle over to her, his side instead of the other way around. Uh, but yeah, how do you, how do you get rid of that threat? There's a lot of egos on the other side and there's a lot of people very willing to hold up their hand and say, I don't think you're nearly the queen that you think you are. And and perhaps she could have played off of that saying, gosh, it's been so long since I played this game. And now I've got, you know, I've got a different stage in life and I'm just not going to be able to do the way I used to. And, and a lot of, Oh, I'm just here because it's so great to be invited back. Yeah. I know I won't last for more than a week or two, but it's just cool to be here. And, I think a lot of people would have perhaps been willing to discount her to some degree if they had not seen her being very active in the, in the very start, especially after Keisha went home where maybe then suddenly the other side feels like they've got the, they've got the power and yeah, those old people, they're just, they're just here. We'll just take them off one at a time. Uh, the problem there is that then you would have had eventually those dominoes fell and, but maybe she could have gotten an extra week or two to build up a women's alliance or, or done something a little yeah, I mean, she did. She did tell Mike Bloom that she tried to be nice to people, and she tried telling them, "I'm not winning." Expletive. Um, I'm old. I'm beat up. But she also said that she didn't think it was true, but she tried. I mean, the thing is, if she knew it wasn't true, and she says she tried, how much did she really try? I mean, did she try hard enough? Did she go about it in the right way? Um, you, you can't lie low if you're going around talking about who's in what alliances. You can't lie low if you're fighting to save Keisha and Nicole A. You know, so I think she would have had to do fully, Kelly, what you said, which is just come in and say, you know, and just 
no, I'm casting off all of this old persona and hope that someone buys it. But we also have to remember Janelle's got an ego too, just like everyone else in that house. And it may be really hard for her after so much success to say, no, 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 that success. Don't worry about that. That wasn't real. That's a hard thing to say if you're, that's something you're you're proud of. So I, I, it's tough. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, of course, other reasons Janelle was seen as a threat, uh, specifically looking at Tyler, who nominated her. We heard him say probably a couple dozen times just on the show that Janelle and Kaser had his name in their mouth, which, by the way, really weird phrase. Um, uh, You know, he, he felt that they were close to figuring out the alliance structure. So he had to nip it in the bud. Yeah, they didn't really do a good job at trying to hide the alliance, though. (laughs) <laughs> at all <laughs> well yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. yeah uh i i i do also want to go back to one thing that we talked about earlier which is pre-gaming we've already talked about quite a bit and i actually i think one of you may have mentioned this um before which was she was a threat seen as a threat coming in because she supposedly did so much pre-gaming but she knew she would be a threat so she wanted to try to get some safety coming in. So she did a lot of pre-gaming, which made her get seen as more of a threat. So mm-hmm. it was a, a big circle of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yes, exactly. And this is what I, I just think that the the whole structure of it is incredibly hard because if you don't do it, you're going to be in trouble. If you do do it, you're going to be in trouble. Yep. And and you and you also are trying to determine, well, what are other people doing? Yeah. You know, because you have right. no idea if other people are pre-gaming and if they are, then there could be already these alliances that are set in stone before they walk in the door and you've missed out. So it it is a very, very difficult added component. I think it's hard enough when you're playing this game and you have no idea what to expect. But then to know what to expect and that alliances are such a significant component of the game. And to think I missed the boat because I didn't pregame and all of these other people did. And we're all here and they didn't get in trouble for it and they were allowed to do it. And I didn't. And now I'm out. Yeah, I feel that I can now speak as an expert in this because I played a game (laughs) of sequester a couple nights ago. And uh, everybody knew each other to some extent. And uh, there was there. I mean, this is a game with. I mean, obviously, you get nothing other than being the winner, which, of course, is something. But let me tell you, and this was an, a 40 and older uh, uh, cliff. So, you know, it was uh, no, no youngins allowed here. You and can throw me in there, too. It's all right. Well, you know, I never know. You might still be 29. Um, Thank you. I'll but, take it. Uh, um, but at the end, so I did a little bit of pre-gaming. But when after the game was over and I found out the amount of pre-gaming or it's not just the amount, but the thought that went into it ahead of time. And this was for a one night, several hour sequester game. So I can only imagine for Big Brother, you know, which has real, you know, real world value to it. Um, I, I it, yeah, it, it's mind boggling, you know, how much could have gone on. I guess I'd feel disappointed that people didn't reach out to me to pregame. I guess <laughs> I guess they didn't think there was any chance I was going to get on the show. So there you go. Yes, well, I but was surprised. there could also have been fear to even do so because that's I think that part of the the idea of pregaming is who is going to pregame. 
Yeah. Will Cliff actually tell me anything if I get in touch with him? Or am I just going to be blowing up my own game if I get in touch with Cliff? Because I don't know if Cliff will, will actually share anything with me. And I do think that that is another level to it is it's, it's deciding what type of information am I going to get if I contact this person out of the blue? <laughs> Are they going to just be surprised? <laughs> and if you don't admit anything to them, they've given up their spot. I mean, then, you know, mm-hmm. then you have information, Cliff, that like this person That's is right. definitely been called because they called me. And so then you have and and you haven't shared anything with them. And so that's a whole nother part. So this whole it's CBS messes with you right from the start. Okay. But, <laughs> buddy, when I tried out for the show, I don't remember if it was listed on the little application or they just told us as we we're standing in line. Y'all need to be aware, guys, that the, the game starts here while you're standing in line. And now I feel it's kind of the same way before you walk in the house for these players, the game started well before any of them were in sequest or anything else. So it, it certainly did add another element to this whole season that we're seeing so far. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think uh, cliff, they probably didn't call you to pregame because they just went to your house and listened outside your room <laughs> to see what you were saying. Yeah. They wouldn't even have to stand outside the house. They could have been on the other side of town and probably still picked up a little bit. Yeah, very true. <laughs> It wasn't just loud on Big Brother. It's all the time. Yeah, well, my my kids often say the same thing about me. So, uh, you know, Cliff, you're and we're we're right there together on that. My wife tells me often I do not have a whisper voice and I just proved it up on national TV. Yes, yes, you did. Kelly, I I let my husband same way. So I I understand what you're going through, Kelly, because my children and I are like, oh, my God. So loud. <laughs> Our whole family's that way too. I'm that way. My boyfriend's that way. What are you? Just, just be quieter. Why are you yelling right now? I'm not yelling. I promise. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, I am that person too. I can't really. Yeah. Throw shades. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we can uh, move on to the seventh rule, which says to trust almost nobody. And Janelle had a number of problems here with uh, Nicole A and Memphis being the top two. Yeah. Starting with Nicole, uh, because we already discussed it, you know, a bit at the top of the show, Janelle told her pretty much everything as she attempted to save her. And as she then later would tell Mike Bloom, everything I was telling her was real and true. But somehow Nicole or rather somehow Janelle didn't see how much Nicole distrusted her. Um, You know, this week she was talking to Bailey and said that Nicole completely destroyed her game and that everything she said about uh, Nicole Franzel got passed along, not to mention telling everyone in the house that she was not to be trusted. Yeah. Who Very wants to go there? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That oh, was nobody. So yeah, that, uh, I, mean, I don't know how to respond to that. It's just, uh, uh, Nicole just gives off that be trusted vibe and I can't I can't criticize her because I was very much trusted Nicole was the only person I trusted in my house last season completely and so uh maybe maybe I talked to her a little differently and and was able to to convey my trust in her which which didn't didn't happen this time I'm not sure the difference but you have to have someone that you can trust in in there And, and Janelle had Kayser but uh, I can see why she trusted uh, Nicole Anthony and Nicole. She got misreads, but if it wasn't for that, Nicole would have never thrown anyone under the bus. She would have. She she's a person that you could count on as a loyal person. Uh, but when Nicole started feeling like it wasn't being returned, then the, the wheels fell off and it all just fell off. 
I'm curious if that goes back to what we've already discussed about the different type of personalities where Nicole is a much more meek individual. I mean, super wonderful, sweet person, but compared to Janelle, who's a little more in your face and a little more aggressive, that that's not the type of gameplay that Nicole set forth when she's in the house. And she is someone that I think is a little more, she wants to have those intimate conversations and she wants to feel like, like she is being included. And, and I think that part of Janelle's issues is that she was feeling excluded from things and then kind of feeling as if, if I'm being excluded, then that means she's working against me instead of working for me. And there was that whole crazy conversation about the two hour conversation that Janelle was having with Memphis over a bottle of wine. And Nicole completely missed the mark as to what the purpose of that conversation was. And it was really to Nicole's benefit. But I think it kind of, as you said, Cliff, just kept spinning in her own head. And she was filling in those those gaps and in those blanks with things that were not necessarily true. And unfortunately, then really negatively affected Janelle because Nicole then went and talked about Janelle in a fashion that clearly was not a good look for Janelle. Yeah. And I think part of it, when Nicole and I worked last season, I really tried to go out of my way to make sure that she and I always knew we were partners with each other. Neither one of us was making the final decision. And it was a lot of, you know, I told her, I said, look, if you do this because it benefits your game, I'm never going to hold it against you. And and so we talk, I feel like we talked as equal partners and maybe it's just because Janelle played so long, has played so many times and Nicole was fresh out of the game or, or for whatever reason, I feel like, I think Nicole sometimes maybe didn't feel as much as a, of a partner as a junior member of this little group. And, and we saw that even when she kind of walked off from the hammock, when, when Janelle and Kayser kind of discounted her, her fear that if they campaign too hard, it may come back on, on Nicole as well. And, and so, yeah, there's part of me that thinks maybe there wasn't as much involvement of Nicole of, Hey, what do you think about this or that? As opposed to, Hey, Nicole, if you go do this, we're going to do this. And, and so that may have been, and maybe that doesn't apply strictly to the rule we're talking about here about the trust, but uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like she never really felt like she was truly a partner on that team as much as just someone that was getting drug along or not drug along as Mm -hmm. she started suspecting. Yeah, I I think obviously it didn't help also that last season she didn't have a a Kevin devil on her shoulder (laughs) whispering in her ear all these, you know, it it, like every time we talked about this last week, uh, Jessica and I, um, you know, that every time, Janelle and Kaser would make some headway with Nicole. She'd go back to Kevin and Kevin would be like, no, no, that's not mm-hmm. what's happening. That's yeah. not the situation at all. And then, you know, spin her up again. Um, and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just that Nicole blew up Janelle and Kaser's games. It was the thoughts that she had, or she got from Kevin. It was just so bizarre that, you know, they, they thought that, those two were orchestrating everything and doing all sorts of conspiratorial stuff that was just ridiculous. And, you know, as Janelle told Mike Bloom, I play a loyal, solid game. I'm very straightforward with people. But when she thought that I betrayed her, I honestly never felt worse in the Big Brother house. That's not how I play. I would never get her nominated and turn my back on her. And for her to think it was in my plan all along, she saw me as a player that I wasn't. It upset me. But yes, her trashing my name and blowing up my game didn't do anything for her, and it definitely hurt my game. So, Cliff, I mean, 
Should Janelle have realized that Nicole had turned on her so much sooner than she did? I, I, I find it hard that she didn't pick up on some of the rumors and hints and ideas beforehand because Nicole was so vocal about it to these other people. I mean, she, you know, we heard discussions about she was going to call a house meeting and I was just cringing at the whole idea of that yeah. ever happening. So it was a part of Janelle that it seemed like, and I've heard maybe it's because she was wearing a star costume. She didn't want to wear it outside, but he really seemed to be spending so much time in that key room talking to Hazer or whoever was there, but it was a little bit, you know, if we want to continue the the queen analogies and all of that, it's like the queen in her room wanting people to come to her instead of always going out and talking to others. And, and maybe because of that, she didn't pick up as much on, on all the rumors going around because certainly as viewers, it seemed pretty, pretty obvious that, that Nicole wasn't doing a very good job of hiding her, her being upset, her contempt at what she thought was a betrayal from, from her side. And speaking about that and going back to last season, there may even have some of that to do with last season where we had that final four, that four, final five, and we got burned a little bit by trusting Mickey at the very end. And and I remember Nicole at the time saying, Cliff, you're, you're a guy from the South. You know, you depend upon a handshake. I'm from Long Island. Our saying is you shoot someone in the, uh, you shoot someone before they shoot you back. And, so, so maybe relying and trusting on some people last time that didn't work out in the very end contributed somewhat to her being just that much more mistrustful this season, even with someone that absolutely had her back. But and our past experiences affect everything we do going forward. And I think that certainly is part of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, besides uh, Nicole, we also did, did mention, I mentioned, you know, there was also Memphis uh, and Janelle and Kaser fully believed he was on board with them. Yeah. As she told Dalton Ross, Memphis was a blind spot. We believed Memphis wanted to work with us old players, but that clearly wasn't the case. And he relayed everything they said to his real alliance. You know, Jessica, I hate to bring up bad memories, but you have some experience with trusting people you thought to be allies only to have them turn on you. Yes. Um, should Janelle have seen through Memphis when he kept not doing the things she wanted him to do? Yes. I, and I, and here's the, and yes, it is incredibly difficult because when you think someone's got your back, the last thing you want to believe in your own head is that they no longer do. And especially when you've, created a bond with them, a relationship. And she thought she had that with Memphis because they were old school. And so she thought there was something special there. But I do think that in this particular game, I mean, it's kind of like that saying, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool, or, no, you know, you. shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, kind of, you know, so I do think that, that that's something she should have been a little more questioning you know that like well why is it every time i go to him and i give him a suggestion or something i want him to do he's not doing it and also why does everybody in the house despise me so much if i at least have memphis <laughs> you know it's like it, it i feel like she wasn't getting a whole lot of love from people and memphis was not getting a whole lot of dislike from people and i i just i'm curious if that was a complete misread for her as well but yeah i i think that the fact that he was continually not doing what she wanted and you could see it on her face. She was getting frustrated when he would make a decision and it wasn't what she had hoped for. And, and he just kept doing what Memphis wanted. I think that should have been a moment of clarity for her, for sure. 
it wouldn't it have been interesting if they hadn't both used their safety passes mm-hmm. if that following week and Janelle is talking to Memphis in the HOH room saying, should I use it? Should I not? And Memphis, would he be throwing, showing his cards a little bit of saying, yeah, don't use it. Or yeah, you may want to. I uh, We could have seen so many different interesting conversations right. happen at that point. Yeah, he wouldn't have as easily been able to to slam Nicole and say, I told you to use it and you didn't exactly. use it. So I'm nominating you if he would have said the same thing to Janelle. But if he had said that to Janelle, then Janelle would have known that he was not to be trusted. So right. It, right. it would have been very interesting. All right. Well, with that, it is about time to wrap things up. Uh, so we have four people who need to wrap up. So, uh, Kelly, we'll start with you. What are your final thoughts here? You know, I think that Janelle had a really hard time walking into this house with the status that she had. I think that if she had thought that through a little bit, she could have made some different decisions right off the bat, be that reducing her threat level or saying, hey, I'm going to be a, a big shield for you during this game. And But if she had walked in with that and also kind of tried in whatever way she could to reduce that bond with Kaser that was so visible to everybody else, I think she could have really changed up how she was going to play. And if she's a little more flexible, not holding so tight to the way she's played before, I think she could have made some headway. I think, unfortunately, that's not what happened. And I think that with all of those different decisions not happening at the very start of the game, happening some of them later on, it was too late. And she just didn't reduce that threat. And people wanted to to get out Queen Janelle. So she was out. Cliff? Well, you know, last season I knew coming in as the only old guy, uh, there was going to be a little bit bigger target on my back than, than other people. And so I tried to change my game to reflect that Janelle's target much bigger than mine ever was when I came in. And so I, I do think there needed to be some some flexibility, some uh, some changing in strategies from, from past seasons because of that. There's that old saying about keep your keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. And I almost feel that she was so tight with with Kaser uh, that, that she didn't spend enough time with some of the other people trying to explore other opportunities. And I think in the end that came back to bite her. Kaser couldn't save her, and uh, and as a result, she's going to be at home cheering Kaser on for hopefully more than just the next week. We should we should see. And I hope so. <laughs> Me too. Me too. We need to see this house shaking up a little bit. Yes. Yes, we do. I think the Janelacy is real. It is happening. <laughs> it happened in this house. And I do think, unfortunately, what Kelly and Cliff have both said is absolutely on point. She walked into this house with a ginormous target on her back. Everyone knows Janelle. Everyone knows the type of game that she plays. And the fandom behind Janelle, I do think, had an impact on how she plays this game because that is what people expect of Janelle. They expect Janelle to be in your face playing a game and not shying away from playing. And unfortunately, I do think that it would have been a better move for her to walk into this house, even though maybe owning her threat level and trying to use it as a shield could have worked for her. It didn't really appear that she was doing that at the start either. She kind of did it after Tyler had already put her on the block. So it was a little too late at that point. So she really needed to make a decision before she walked in. How do I want to play this? Do I want to own it? Or do I want to try to deflect it? And it it was almost like she was stuck in the middle. She really couldn't make a decision about which way she wanted to go. But the one thing she was sure of is Kaser. And she got herself right back in with someone she had already played this game with. 
someone that everybody knew she had to play this game with and had a very strong duo. And that worked against her as well. And she talked about it in a lot of her exit press that between she and Kaser, she was clearly the bigger of the two threats. And so the two of them together, she knew that if they're if someone's going to get put up, she's going to get put up. And unfortunately, they both did, but she's the one that went home. So I think that there were a lot of things Janelle probably could have done differently, but she's certainly not apologizing for what she did, <laughs> which I love about her. So kudos to you, Janelle, for entertaining us as you always do. And I love that she is also a Survivor fan. So that is Makes her, you know, a special place <laughs> in my heart. So I, it was fun to watch. I'm sad to see her go, but nobody can rock a costume like Janelle. So I hope True there that. is a star costume somewhere that someone will be giving to Janelle so she can own that outside of the Big Brother house. <laughs> now, you know, we've all said the same thing. Uh, and the people who say Janelle came in with a huge target are not wrong at all. But coming in with a target isn't an automatic eviction, especially when we're three weeks into the game and there has been some time to maneuver. The first two weeks were all about taking the easy path for the HOHs. And, but Janelle didn't take full advantage of that time to get herself into some sort of a bigger group or make the path easier for herself to avoid being the target of the next HOH. Instead, she did things throughout her short time that made matters worse in some cases. Some were accidental, some on purpose. From the accidental standpoint, she had an admitted blind spot and trusted Memphis, telling him about Tyler's alliance, which he then passed along. When Tyler became the HOH, he believed he had to get rid of a person who had his name in her mouth to preserve his own security in the game. But some of the things she did on purpose contributed more to enlarging the target on her. Twice, she fought the wrong battles from the minority side to keep someone there who was barely fighting for herself putting Janelle in harm's way. Along the way, she made occasional progress with a few individuals, such as Bailey and Devon, but it wasn't enough, and the others, as, as I said earlier, didn't want to make waves. They kept their head down while Janelle stood up. If that wasn't enough of a target, Nicole A. blowing up her game last week only made matters worse. Janelle said in an interview that even if Nicole hadn't blown up her game, they still would have targeted her. And you know, she's might be right about that because there was so much else going on. Janelle was seen as a huge threat. Nobody can argue otherwise. The Janellacy was real in that house and cannot be denied. But there were also things Janelle could have done different or not at all to reduce her threat level. Instead, she often increased it until the target on her was as big as the house itself. And that is why Janelle lost. Yes. Womp yes. Womp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we ra start to wrap things up here, a uh, few things I need to mention. Uh, you know, although the rules are different for Survivor and Big Brother, uh, behind me uh, is a great depiction of the Survivor rules uh, drawn by Eric Reichenbach. Uh, if you're interested, you can get an 11 by 17 version at uh, tinyurl.com slash David Rolls Poster 2. We also have another way to get the shirt so that you can always have it with you, and that is T-shirt form. Uh, and just go to robhasawebsite.com or robhasapodcast.com and click the merch link near the top and you can find it there. And if you want the poster and you're outside of the U.S., DM me. There's my Twitter. 
handle. I got to go this way. There, there it is. Yep. DM me and I can get that to you. Yes. Uh, I also want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Once you join, you'll see all the great perks Rob has for patrons, including having your father get on Big Brother. Right, Kelly? <laughs> if only that was part of the membership. Thank you, Kelly. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there have actually been several patrons who have gotten onto shows like Survivor, two who have won. Um, I, I do think Kelly, you're the only one whose parent has got one. A matter of time, I'm the first. Yes, you're the gonna, first. Gonna you're the more. trendsetter. Uh, seriously, though, there are all sorts of opportunities to interact with Rob, uh, both on call-in shows, patron trivia, uh, the thing Jessica loves, which is patron mafia. Um, plus, there's the Facebook groups and more. So, everybody, remember go to robhasawebsite.com/patron. Uh, once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello. Yes, and you should also follow myself on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Lewis 89 right here. And he is at David Bloomberg. (laughs) It's all backwards. So this is hard. You should follow us both on Twitter and you should follow Cliff on Instagram. He's got his Instagram tag there. And also (laughs) Kelly has her Instagram tag in her image as well. So you can follow them both on Instagram. I'm also on Instagram too. I think it's at Jessica Lewis 89 as well. But follow me on Twitter. Follow David Bloomberg. Follow Kelly. Follow Cliff. We're all great people to follow. So you can get all of these. Here, here. Our our thoughts on both Big Brother, Survivor, and just life in general. So follow us all. Yeah. Now, Cliff and Kelly, where else can people find you besides Instagram and other things that you might be working on? I mostly I mostly tweet about uh, Big Brother. Instagram is very boring pictures that I forget to, to upload usually. So uh, Twitter is Kellogg thirty seven. I'm surprised the Kellogg company hasn't shut me down yet, but they haven't. So I've got that. <laughs> And that's where most of my Big Brother stuff lives. So have a follow. And for me, I'm Cliff.Hog on Instagram, Cliff underscore Hog on Twitter. Uh, Right now, I'm doing a little 15-minute live feed summary every morning. So consider that just a very quick precursor before you get into Taryn and and the drawn-out live feeds discussion. But I post that on Instagram every morning and uh, come out and take a look. And I'll give you a little stay up all night long so I can give you all some updates uh, before Taryn gets into his. Wow. I'll just just go listen outside your room and then you you won't have to get on Instagram for that. There you go. And then the other thing I was going to mention, I do do a a program on TV Co's uh, free app every Monday evening, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central. Uh, We talk Big Brother, but I also talk about travel stories and and life in general. So nice. Finding other ways to embarrass Kelly. I'm an expert at it. I don't even have to work at it. It just comes natural to me. It's truly a gift. It really, really yeah. is. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, with all of those, uh, with Instagram and Twitter and everything, we need a hashtag. Uh, anybody have an idea other than Janelacy? Because I think that's yeah. already been that's already that's been. What over. I was, it was in my head. Oh, Janelacy is real, but I guess not. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, we could say Janelacy is rule six, but you know, nobody will get that. But uh. bye, queen. Just bye, queen. Goodbye, uh, my queen. Oh, geez. oh, bye. okay. <laughs> By Queen B Y E Queen. Uh, I hate to see her go. Uh, yes, me too. Yes. Oh well. Yeah. So, so yes, anyone, you know, if you want to say Janela C is real, go with that. By Queen <laughs> or Janela C is rule six. Any of those will will work. And of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, which is YX Lost. Hope I got the rule right. I don't even remember now. Um, but uh <laughs> that'd be embarrassing. Um 
Also, uh, to continue in this vein here, uh, everybody make sure that you're subscribed to all of the RHAP Big Brother podcasts at robhasapodcast.com or on your favorite podcatcher. We, of course, are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed. So if you subscribe to that feed, you'll get this. You'll get, you know, once we start doing more survivor podcasts again, um, you'll get Taryn's live feeds. So there's, there's plenty of things on the wrap ups. Um, one new show to watch for on the wrap ups is the worldwide sensation. Love Island is back for season two in the U.S. Um, and this show gives you the power to vote for your faves all season long. Uh, the show airs on CBS started this past Monday and Kirsten McInnes and Brian Scally will have coverage every Wednesday and Saturday with recaps that take the show even less seriously than it takes itself. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't want to do a podcast on Love Island. Well, but. it's already taken. Otherwise, I have so <laughs> in there. I'd have created rules, you know. Oh, how do Island. Oh, I oh, can only imagine, no. David. <laughs> I know, right, Cliff? You yeah. need to do this. I want to know what the rules are for Love Island. I'll, I'll have to study it and I'll get back to you. All right. That may be a little different than Big Brother, right? Yeah, I think so. so. I, yeah. Course, I, I, with, the know, with the showmances we had in my season, maybe not so different. Oof. Oof. Ooh, that would be, I yeah. like it. I need to do yeah. this. Um, well, and of course, I uh, wanted to give people a quick reminder that even though we're not covering Love Island, we did just uh, finish our Survivor Journey Through Time, so you should check out why Rich, Richard won. In a week, we'll be uh, Jessica and I will be right back here to discuss Big Brother again with a different guest. I'm not sure exactly who yet, but I promise it'll be fun. Uh, and uh, before then, though, I will be on the Sunday night Big Brother episode recap. Uh, it's a lot of lot of Big Brother podcasting for me this weekend. So be sure to tune in for that. Yes. And we have to say thank you so much to Scott St. Pierre, who does all of the editing on Why Blank Lost. He does both the audio and video version. So thank you, Scott, for the incredible work that you do. And thank you to Will from America, who created the theme song that we now have two versions of one for Survivor, one for Big Brother. So thank you, Will. You will hear that on the audio version, not the video version. So you could go there, listen, come back, check us out and Take a look, see who's actually talking to you. So thank you to both of those fine gentlemen for all the work they do. And thank you to Kelly and Cliff. This was so much fun. You must have an incredibly fun household because the fact that like the two of you are just (laughs) such great personalities and it was wonderful having you both. So thank you for joining us and adding all of your fine insights into Big Brother. We truly appreciate it so, so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you guys for inviting us. Yeah, yeah, it's been you. a blast. Thank you so much. It's been fun. I got to right. finish up. I got to finish up. SKD 143. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that shout out Boy. was okay. I may have said something about shout outs earlier, but that one was okay. The only that one. one. The only one. <laughs> the only one that's good. Yeah. So, uh, yes, let me add my thanks to uh, it was a lot of fun. And thank you, Jessica, also for another great week. Uh, thank you, David. Jessica and I and a mystery guest. We'll see everyone next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. You lost Big Brother and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. 